It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome in, everybody, to a very positive podcast today, a Future Blue on the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we're just going to get right into it. we got two commitments to talk about uh, for the Michigan Wolverines on uh, the recruiting trail for the football program, bumping them up to the number one class in the nation, albeit uh, it's very early. We're sitting in the month of April right now. That probably won't stay for the rest of the cycle. But uh, you love seeing Michigan at the number one spot uh, in the recruiting rankings, the team rankings, uh, at any point of uh, the uh, the calendar year, the 2024 recruiting cycle. Uh, so let's just get right into it. And joining me today, as always, John Simmons, Mason Brew recruiting contributor. John, uh, we've got a couple of really good prospects to talk about today. But uh, before we get to that, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm excited. It's a pretty big day for uh, recruiting here. Yeah, it just so happened to coincide with the day that we record uh, this podcast, and you you love to be able to talk about these breaking news situations when they happen, and uh, yeah, did they happen today with uh, these uh, uh, two commitments that we're going to discuss, and let's just start with the very first one, and that was uh, uh, really the one that uh, a lot of Michigan football fans have been waiting probably quite a long time for, and that is in-state top 100 overall prospect in the 24 class at the tight end position, Brady Prescorn. He plays at Rochester Adams High School in Rochester, Michigan. He stands 6'6", weighs 225 pounds. He's ranked 56th overall 
on the composite rankings, number two at his position, and the number two player in the state of Michigan in this 24 cycle. He is uh, now the second highest ranked player in Michigan's 24 class, just slotting in behind a five-star quarterback, Jaden Davis. But uh, getting back to pre-scorn, he chose Michigan over his uh, other finalists in his top eight list, and that was uh, consisting of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Penn State, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Miami. Uh, He was offered by uh, Grant Newsom in Michigan uh, back in January of 2022, visited Ann Arbor countless times, probably more times than has been reported, if we're being honest. But at the very least, he came up for some games this past fall and has been up uh, to Michigan at least once, probably way more than that uh, this spring as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he had a decent season last year in a more of a run heavy offense at Rochester Adams. He had a uh, 24 catches for 648 yards and 10 touchdowns. If you haven't checked out the junior uh, season highlights, you can check that out in my commitment post, which is on mazeandbrew.com. So this John, I'll pass it to you. Obviously huge news to get a top player in the state, a top player at a position that you've been wanting at least two of now in this class. Now you have two at the tight end position uh, with him and Hogan Hansen, another four-star prospect. So uh, just good news all around here. Take me through John, your thoughts uh, regarding this commitment. And uh, you wrote a piece, which is also on mazebrew.com about what this commitment means for uh, the program, for the class in general. Um, and uh, you highlighted on an interesting uh, aspect that, you know, Grant Newsom, now that he's uh, pretty much effectively done, I mean, you can maybe go after a couple more guys in the class if you really, really want to, like Walter Matthews, uh, it, it, the one guy that really sticks out to my mind. But uh, the one point you brought up, he can now shift focus to the 25 class, which I think is a really important factor uh, considering he's more of a younger coach, uh, he's just getting his feet wet, uh, with coaching and certainly on the recruiting trail. Now you got two really good ones in this 24 class. You can kind of focus your attention a little bit more now, if not a lot more now, uh, on the, uh, ensuing cycle in the 25 class. So, uh, just take me through your thoughts with this one, John, uh, as it pertains to, uh, Brady Prescorn's commitment. I think it's a, a huge commitment. I think anytime you keep one of the top players in state, uh, is big news for the program um, and Prescorn has been their top target. I think at tight end the entire cycle, you know, he's shown to be a, a top hundred uh, quality player there. And I think those stats, like that's almost 30 yards per catch um, in high school, even though he doesn't get the ball as much, but when he does, he makes the most of it. Um, I just think he's a really talented uh, prospect and is going to be a huge asset for Michigan going forward and to kind of restock that tight end room that lost a few contributors this past offseason. Obviously, they still have uh, Colston Loveland coming back, who is a big uh, time contributor as a true freshman. But I think it's going to um, help keep the the talent in that room very high. Um, and yeah, I think Michigan recruiting right now is rolling, and it's uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, they they've locked up Jaden Davis, and they have four commitments along the offensive line with a fifth scheduled to announce on Friday and Jake Guarnera, who is most likely going to pick Michigan. So, um, you know, that allows 
uh, Kirk Campbell, Tron Moore, and Grant Newsom all time to uh, start recruiting those 2025 kids and start building those relationships even earlier than they normally would, which I think is going to be great and help pay dividends um, on their recruiting trail in that class as well. Um, and I, I kind of expect the 2025 class to be kind of in the similar stratosphere as the class it, uh, is right now, just based on the the early returns and Michigan's recent success on the field. Yeah, I, I expect that certainly as well. This is building up to be quite the class for the Wolverines in 24. You mentioned on the offensive side of the ball, their top four prospects and uh, five of their top six. I mean, you could just keep running down the list. Jaden Davis, pretty pre-score now. Jordan Marshall at the running back position, a, a four-star top 100 guy. Andrew Sprague, who is their top left tackle target. Hogan Hansen, who we mentioned as the other tight end in this class. Blake Frazier, legacy offensive lineman, and they're certainly not done there, as you mentioned with Garnera. So many guys on the offensive side of the ball in this class, so it's really good to see, especially considering that I I think the uh, strength of the uh, previous class, 23, was more so on the defensive side of the ball. Now you really have something to uh, uh, hang your hat on as it uh, pertains to the offensive uh, skill position, certainly. But then you got quarterback, a few offensive linemen locked up. I mean, this is looking like a hell of a class on the offensive side of the ball for Michigan. Not to disparage the defensive prospects that they have as well with Mason Curtis, a four-star edge prospect, and uh, uh, another guy we'll talk about here in a minute who committed today. But then also Ted Hammond, a four-star defensive lineman. And, of course, Jacob Oden, the uh, in-state four-star safety prospect. So uh, right now they're number one in the country. This is as elite of a class as we've seen under Jim Harbaugh, and uh, it's definitely going to just keep continuing uh, moving forward as we progress through uh, the spring and the summer, and uh, they're certainly going after several other guys in this 24 class, and uh, you know they're going to probably focus a little bit more of their time on the defensive side of the ball. Aaron Childs, a four-star linebacker, still out there. Uh, Plenty of other prospects that they're shooting for, too. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with all of your points, uh, locking in a in-state kid, always certainly important. And then, uh, like I said, uh, the point that you made in your article about being able to kind of shift some of your focus to the 25 class. I think that's a really underrated aspect of this commitment because Grant Newsom, he has proven already to be a pretty capable recruiter and uh, certainly wouldn't be surprised if uh, a couple years or, you know, three, four years down the road, however long, uh, if he has an elevated position at the University of Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. So it's good to get your feet wet and uh, really get the train rolling when it comes to the recruiting trail. And uh, he has certainly done that with these two additions to this class. So, yeah, all around really, really good uh, commitment here. And uh, Alan True from uh, 24-7 had an interesting comparison and evaluation of Brady Prescorn. And I wanted to get your thoughts more so on uh, Prescorn's uh, skill set as well, John, but uh, Alan True compared him to Cole Komet of the uh, Chicago Bears who came via Notre Dame and was a second round pick when he was picked in the NFL draft, uh, said that he he has an all around skill set. He's physical, 
a willing blocker, which that certainly shows up as well with a great effort, functional strength, uh, but does have room to grow with his body. He is 6'6", 225, so you probably want to uh, bulk him up just a little bit. Uh, but as far as the uh, route running goes, very natural route runner and uh, certainly has uh, uh, sky-high potential in that category as well. So just wanted to get your thoughts about him uh, just as a prospect at the tight end position because I-, I think True has a, a very interesting comparison to, to Cole Komet, who now... Uh, according to his Wikipedia page, at the very least, is 6'6", 260. So certainly a little bit more uh, bulkier than uh, a pre-scorn, but that's, uh, you know, obvious for, you know, uh, again, obvious reasons. He's a uh, an NFL player who's already been through college, but that's just kind of where he could end up in the future is at the at around 6'6", 260 uh, playing in the NFL. Wouldn't certainly surprise me if he were a high pick at some point uh, whenever he uh, declares for the draft as well. So, yeah, just want to get your thoughts real quick, John, on uh, him as a uh, prospect at the position, and and we can move forward with uh, uh, the other player who committed earlier today. Yeah, he is uh, pretty lean right now, um, but, you know, then his high school kind of just splits him out wide as a wide receiver a lot too, um, just because I think he's bigger and way more athletic than anyone else that they face. Um, but you can just kind of see that he oozes that athletic potential with that long frame and his just ability to go down and, uh, you know, get those 50-50 balls, win a lot of contested catches and uh, even pretty good route running um, to just to get open. And, yeah, I, I do think he's a pretty good blocker. I think the first clip on his highlight tape is him blocking, actually. Um, and so you can see that part of his game as well, which is good for – a high school tight end that that skill usually has to be developed in college, but uh seems like they have a good base to start there um since you know that Michigan will use their tight ends in all sorts of ways, and he'll have to learn it all but i I think he's uh, a really solid fit you know he's an excellent basketball player as well, so uh I just think he's he has really high potential at Michigan. Yeah, we know Harbaugh loves his multi-sport athletes when it comes to uh, evaluating talent on the recruiting trail. You mentioned playing basketball. He certainly is a uh, a high-quality hoopster as well as uh, a few of the uh, recruiting experts on the trail uh, with uh, Bryce Marich, Zach Libby. They uh, uh, went out to some of his basketball games earlier this year and uh, really showcased that aspect of him as an athlete as well. So you love to see that in a uh, uh, future uh, Wolverines and, and at certain positions too. I think tight end is one of those important ones. Obviously offensive defensive line uh, would be important to have a uh, multi-sport athletes at as well. Uh, but uh, it's certainly nice to see that out of Brady Prescorn too. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, we'll talk about our uh, our second commitment of the day uh, in just a moment. But want to give a, a quick shout out to our sponsors uh, at our podcast here, and that is Manscaped and Homefield Apparel. And guys, with Manscaped, if you haven't heard from us now about the Beard Hedger Pro Kit, I'm about to blow your mind because Manscaped is revolutionizing men's grooming once again with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. It allows you to shape your signature beard look, and it all starts with the Beard Hedger which is a cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel. You get 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard. That's right. Just one guard. No more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. And the nice thing is it's waterproof. So you can shave in the shower, avoid all that hair in the sink. You don't have to do that ever again if you don't want to. So go to manscaped.com 
uh, get 20% off using our code MNB20 at checkout. Again, manscaped.com, promo code MNB20. And for home field apparel, man, I mean, if you haven't heard of them, well, <laughs> I'm, I don't know what to tell you at this point. I'll familiarize you with them. If you haven't, a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of the Midwest in Indianapolis, and they've got comfortable, officially licensed gear. They don't screw around with their designs because they study the history, traditions, and legacy of every school. And with all that information, they create thoughtful designs to tell the unique story of each university. And they've got some brand new Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else. You can try your hardest. It ain't going to happen. T-shirts, crewnecks, whatever you want. They've got it. Pl- proudly represent the maize and blue wherever you go. And use our promo code at homefieldapparel.com as well. That is promo code Michigan15 for 15% off your first order. And that's the entire order. That's not just one item. So again, 15% off the entire order with promo code michigan 15 at homefieldapparel.com. All right, John. Well, uh, if if one commitment wasn't good enough for uh, the Maize and Blue faithful, how about two? And uh, this was a, a, a double dose or, you know, a daily double, whatever you want to call it, on the recruiting trail uh, on Tuesday for uh, Jim Harbaugh and company. Uh, not only did they get Brady, Pre- Brady Prescorn on board, but they also got a four-star defensive lineman to commit to the maize and blue. His name is uh, Jared Smith. If you're not familiar with him, I don't really blame you because this one developed rather quickly. He is uh 6'3, 265. He's plays at uh, Cheshire Academy in the state of Connecticut. He is uh 270th overall on the composite, the number four player in his state of Connecticut, and number 30 along the defensive line. And it, it, John, I mean. <laughs> This one, like I said, it developed rather quickly, got offered uh, by Michigan in January, and uh, it really seemed like he was going to be a Notre Dame commit uh, at the end of the day. Uh, But that, again, recruiting is weird, guys. This stuff changes on the fly uh, quite often, and it just happened to work out in Michigan's favor uh, this time. So, like I said, he was offered by Mike Elston back in January, got uh, on uh, the top 10 list of his, which uh, was announced just a couple weeks after he got the offer. That top 10 list was Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, Penn State, Notre Dame, Nebraska, Ole Miss, Iowa, Texas. I mean, there's, uh, you know, a ton of really good programs that were in the running for him. Uh, at the end of the day, but uh, uh, Michigan was the one that came out on top. He uh, made an unofficial visit to Ann Arbor back in March, and uh, it, it, everything went extremely well. Got to meet uh, Coach Elston in person, got to see everything uh, in, that Ann Arbor has to offer in person. And uh, he not only visited uh, Ann Arbor just by himself, but he also visited with his Twin brother, uh, also a four-star defensive lineman in the 24 class, and his name is Jacob Smith. Uh, He did not announce his commitment today, but uh, I would imagine that this would certainly help uh, in those recruiting efforts as well because Elston offered both Jared Smith and Jacob Smith. So uh, we'll certainly uh, stay tuned for uh, potential news down the road uh, with that one. But, uh, John, I'll pass it to you. Again, this was kind of weird recruitment. There were, you know, a lot of it seemed like a lot of confidence in the Notre Dame side of things uh, for the Smith brothers at one point. 
Uh, but then things just didn't go the Irish's way. And now uh, uh, Jared Smith, at the very least, is a Wolverine commit. We'll see what happens with Jacob Smith down the road. It seems like he's willing to wait it out just a little bit longer. But uh, wanted to uh, uh, hear your take on this recruitment, this commitment, and uh, uh, just uh, uh, how uh, the recruiting process evolves sometimes. It's just so strange, and we certainly saw it out of this recruitment as well. Yeah, this was a weird one. Um, I didn't even realize that it was only January when he got that offer. Um, Because, you know, being from Connecticut kind of seems like the type of recruit that uh, Michigan would be on in the old, you know, Don Brown days. But uh, I think it's a a commitment that came on quickly. Uh, For a while, it didn't seem like Michigan was pursuing that much. But then this recent unofficial seems to really have changed things. So maybe uh, the staff got to see them in person get their measurements, see how they look. And I liked what they saw clearly. So, um, you know, Jared Smith was clearly uh, ready to jump on board, I think, following that visit. Um, It is interesting with his brother there, what's going to, what the dynamic is there. Usually twins or brothers, you know, are pretty uh, much always packaged deals, but, and that kind of seemed like that was the case for a long time with Notre Dame and Kentucky at some point with these two before as well. Um, But, you know, now they may uh, end up at different schools um, or Jake or his brother may uh, end up committed to Michigan further down the road. I guess we'll have to see. But I think it's kind of rare that you see twins announcing at different times rather than together. So kind of an interesting one here. Yeah, I, John, correct me if I'm wrong. I think there was a, a pair of twins last cycle. Or maybe the cycle before. I think they were linebackers from Florida. I can't remember their oh, name off the top of my head. Yes. The, maybe the Harris brothers. Yes, is that... I think it's Michael Harris and Michael I can't remember and the other one. Was it Aunt Andrew? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, there's some Michigan State buzz for them, and then I think they ended. Up I think they ended up going something. to different schools. Did they not? Oh, really? That could be it. I yeah, think I kinda... they did. I I'm gonna look it up really quickly. Uh, <laughs> I may need you to fill some uh, right. dead air here, but uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that, from what uh, I remember, they're they're from Florida. I think they both took a visit to Michigan at some point, and then at some point, uh, Michigan State also got involved and looked good for one or both of them. Um, but yeah, from what I remember, that they got like crystal ball to UCF or another Florida school at some point. But yes. I don't. So here's here's what happened. So a- Andrew Harris signed with UCF. Uh, he was the higher ranked one. He was a four-star composite guy. Michael Harris, who was also a four-star composite guy, but probably, you know, 60 or so spots lower than his brother, signed with Maryland. So oh, it, it's, yeah, really interesting um, that uh, that we bring this up because you're, you're right, though. In the grand scheme of things, you are right that when you get a pair of twin brothers uh, that are both highly touted and recruited by the same schools, um, they don't usually go to different schools. They usually go to the same school. And Michael Harris, who did sign with Maryland, uh, had a crystal ball, it looks like, to UCF. And uh, it looks like Andrew Harris had crystal balls to Maryland, too. So that's just how unique of a situation that was. But when you think of, like, Ger- German Green and, and Jamon Green, uh, obviously, in their day of, you know, I think it was the 2018 class they were in, both signed with Michigan, both had a strong interest for Michigan before they ended up committing. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll be really interesting to see if this uh, commitment from Jared Smith has any impact on Jacob's decision, which I, I think it will at the end of the day. I think it, it seems likely that he will follow in his brother's footsteps, but there's no guarantee because you have those outliers like the Harris twins uh, from the previous cycle with one going to Maryland, one going to UCF. It's just a, a unique situation. So I don't want to... I don't want to say like it, it's guaranteed to happen, but I would say that it's uh, more likely to happen than not that Michigan will also get his four-star brother, Jacob Smith. But when it comes to Jared Smith, uh, he, he's certainly at 6'3", 265. Um, I mean, there's a whole lot that you could do with that. You could bulk him up and play him on the interior, a la uh, Chris Jenkins. You could um, even just bulk him up just a maybe a, just slightly or maybe even have them lose a little bit of weight and have them play along the edge a la J- Jalen Harrell. I mean, there's a lot that you could do with Jared Smith when it comes to his uh, future position along the defensive line. So, John, I, I guess what what do you think is uh, is bound for Jared Smith in the future when it comes to uh, the defensive line? Because I, I think there's a few ways that this could go. And, and I guess the good thing here is that Elston has his guys prepared for versatility. So he could really uh, line up kind of anywhere, kind of like what Chris Jenkins did and and uh, uh, similar to what, uh, you know, like Aiden Hutchinson used to line up on the outside and inside every once in a while. Mike Morris did the same uh, this past season for the Wolverines. So take me through your thought process as far as his uh, a future position, uh, if he even has just one. What are you thinking right now? Yeah, I kind of think he could end up sliding into that five tech role, kind of like the Chris Jenkins. Um, he's six three. I'm not sure if he has like the length to kind of be that Mike Morris or Aiden Hutchinson edge role. Um, but you know, two sixty five, six three. I think you'd put on, you know, thirty, forty more pounds and be kind of like that uh, run stuffer guy that you know maybe has some twitch to provide pass for us from the inside as well. Um, so. To me, he's kind of be gonna be sliding into that Chris Jenkins role um, as he kind of develops there. But who knows? I they put out guys in that Mike Morris role that are uh, bigger than I think would could fit in that role like that way more. But they seem to have success out there. So I could also see him, you know, becoming that defensive end uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, there's so many spots that he could go, and I do tend to agree with you that he's probably bound to put on some weight, probably go for that uh, Chris Jenkins role uh, that you were describing, and uh, I I think that's probably more so uh, his future. I'm looking up Jacob Smith's profile right now, and he is, uh, it looks like 24-7 has him at 6'3", 230, so he would probably be more bound for the Jalen Harrell role than uh, than anybody. Oh, if it you know boils down to either him or Jared, it'd probably be Jacob Smith. That would be more of a more of a true edge, where Jared Smith would be more of a a flex inside guy, a la Chris Jenkins, like you were mentioning. So that, that seems to be what's bound to happen in the future. Um, and, and as far as rankings go. It's kind of interesting because they got Jared Smith at 270 and Jacob Smith is 208. And that's about the same discrepancy that the Harris brothers were uh, in the last cycle, which I mean, John, just, you know, I I find it hard that uh, that two that twin brothers like this could could be so different 
um, as far as recruiting rankings, but then also just, you know, their future position with a 6'3", 230 for Jacob, 6'3", 265 already for a twin brother, Jared, 35 pounds is uh, the difference there. So really uh, a, a pair of unique and interesting defensive prospects here. But uh, as far as Jared goes, it's a welcome addition to the class. They've got several defensive line prospects now uh, in the 24 cycles, and uh, they're certainly not stopping going after Jacob and uh, several other prospects uh, along the defensive line, probably focus on a nose tackle moving forward. But uh, John, I'll, I'll pass it back to you for final thoughts on uh, the defensive line in general. Uh, Jacob Smith, Jared Smith, who, whoever else. I mean, they've they've they got to round it out with probably a nose at some point, um, whether it's uh, David uh, Pale Pale or uh, you know Justin Scott is a long shot at this point, in my opinion. But certainly a few guys out there uh, for the taking that uh, Michigan has been recruiting throughout this cycle. So uh, just take me through your uh, quick final thoughts and uh, we'll wrap up for the day. Yeah, I, I kind of think that just the D-line group right now isn't very flashy, but it does have a lot of kind of solid high four types there with um, Jared Smith joining the fold. You got Ted Hammond, who's, um, you know, kind of on the three, four star range. Um, and I think the guy that could, blow up the most is Manuel Beagle that um yeah he plays at Chote Rosemary but he's from uh France and you know he just picked up uh a bunch of offers you know including like Georgia Penn State um you know he he could end up getting a lot of attention and I think it's you know just speaks to Michigan scouting that they got him in the fold so early um but they may have to fight a little bit to keep him in the class but I just think there's um just a really solid group, um, but, you know, not huge in terms of ranking your stars, but I think it's going to be a good class overall. Um, and yeah, that I think Polly Polly is the clear guy it knows right now um, with some other guys. And, you know, that's another position that's not likely to have like a five-star of the mix. Those guys usually don't get ranked very high. You know, you look at Kenneth Grant, he was a three-star and he's, you know, playing as a true freshman, which you rarely see at the nose tackle spot. So I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, and it, it's just going to be a, a good solid group when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think so too. And and you touched on, there's no like elite guy along the defensive line. Honestly, that's fine. I mean, Mike Morris turned into the big 10 defensive player of the year or defensive lineman of the year, excuse me. Um, and, and he was a three-star prospect, David Ojabo, Albeit he was a four-star prospect, but one uh, that uh, didn't have a whole lot of football experience and one that uh, not every uh, Blue Blood program took a swing at, and uh, he turned out to be just fine. And so many other defensive linemen uh, throughout the Jim Harbaugh era and just throughout you know Michigan football history that haven't been the highest regarded on the recruiting trail, but then end up being quality players at the collegiate level turn out to be uh, a defensive lineman in the pros too. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. There's no, you know, top 50 Derek Moore, uh, no, no top, uh, you know, no like top 100 fringe guy like Aiden Hutchinson, but a lot of really solid prospects along the D line in this class. And uh, it's certainly a, a, such a nice sight to see that they're able to just replenish year after year along the D line. Mike Elston's putting in a ton of work and uh, it is really showing with uh, the guys that he's 
gotten to commit so far and uh, the guys that they continue to recruit there's still plenty of them out there and uh, we'll bring you the latest and greatest on future blue whenever uh more commitments and and more uh news along the, the defensive line happen in this class but uh for now that's all the time we got for today thank you so much for listening uh you can follow me on twitter at vaughn underscore lozon follow john at simmons underscore john and uh, we will be back uh, very, very soon and hopefully with uh, some more uh, commitments to follow as well. We're expecting uh, some good news later this week with uh, Jake Arnera, three-star offensive lineman. And uh, when and if that happens, we will certainly bring you all of that on maizenbrew.com and on future editions of Future Blue. But uh, yeah, that's all the time we got for today. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we will be back next week with another edition of Future Blue.